Welcome home to the sanctuary, a place of rest for the broken and weary, where you can let go, cause you're fully known by forever, daddy. Oh, how we love you so. I know it's time to feel Thank you for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your word, which is already anointed. It's already chain breaking. It's already bondage loosening. It's already um, load lifting, God. And so, Father, we just ask that you just release it, prepare our hearts to receive it, our voices to share it, our, our ears to hear it, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Tell the person next to you, I'm excited, so be quiet. For the next three hours, I just want to listen to the Word of God, and I don't want to be bothered. Anybody here for the first time? Amen. Let's welcome. Amen. Amen. Second time. Okay. Second time. We welcome you. That's your sister. Hi. How you doing? Well, we welcome you. Welcome to the sanctuary. I like to start every uh, Sunday with a quote. Here's my quote this morning. We're going to get hardcore kind of right from the start. If your gospel isn't touching others, it most definitely has not touched you. If your gospel isn't touching others, it hasn't touched you. If you don't know, we're on a journey through the book of John. We've been going through the book of John for for a couple of months now and you've been hearing from different people in different ways about the love of God, the nature of God, the plan of God, the power of God. John John tells us who God is and what matters to him. Amen. And and listen, the more I reread John, the more convinced I am that most people haven't read it at all. Or don't, don't know what it says, don't understand what it says. See, I, I talk to a lot of people. I mean, does that make sense, kind of being who I am in my position here, kind of? I talk to a lot of people. And, and I, I, I try to listen more than I talk, but, you know, I talk to the guy that cuts my hair. I talk to the mailman. I talk to people I meet, the guy at the corner store, the person in line with me at the supermarket. If they want to talk, I talk. When I'm alone, I just I talk to anybody. I listen to anybody. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying like I'm this super Christian that I talk to everyone about the Lord. I don't. I'll confess to you that I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm not, when, see when someone says in passing to me, oh what a, what a rainy day it is outside. My first response is not, well if you had Jesus, the rain would remind you that the blood of God can wash you away, santo. That's not my usual response, you know. Or when someone says they're hungry, I don't usually say, you know, remind them, unless they eat the bread of life, they will always be hungry and they will spend eternity hungry. I don't normally respond that way. 
what I, but you know, what I, what I find on one end is that we have those super Christians. Anybody know something like that? Don't point at them if they're here. It's all good. It's all good. Amen. But you know, these, and, and these are people that usually they have a scripture verse for everything. I mean, everything. You get a splinter, there's a scripture verse for that. They'll talk about the nails that Christ took. And, it, you know, it, it's like, and usually the scripture verses are all out of context, but it doesn't matter because it just makes them sound so Christian. Right? I mean, these people chew Christian gum. They wear Christian sandals. You've seen the Christian sandals that when you walk on the beach, it leaves the word Jesus all over the floor. <laughs> they got him, I swear. I, I, I'm dead serious. They use Christian toothbrushes and Christian toothpaste. I mean, you know, they sell all of that stuff. But that's the world's marketing just trying to get your dollar, right? And so, you know, they, 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 and they usually tend to be a little judgmental, these people. They, they, they're quick to tell you about your hair, your jewelry, your clothes, your walk, your friend, your wife. They're quick to, you know, kind of let you know that you ain't right and they're right. To me, that's a little annoying. And I'm a Christian. To me, that's a little annoying when somebody wants to give me a verse for everything I say. And I'm a Christian. I believe the verse. And to me, it's annoying. See, family, we're called to be the salt of the earth. Not the sand in someone's bathing suit. Is that a good illustration? See, my desire as your pastor and the purpose for this series is, is not to have you all walking around like these super Christian robots. Uh, you didn't know I could do that, right? But to have you walking it out in realness. Amen? To have you walking it out real. Real Christians, real believers, hardcore. Not, not this, this kind of pretend stuff or this make-believe stuff, this imaginary stuff. That's on one end. On the other hand are, are the other people that, that, that kind of annoy me even more. See, there's a lukewarmness in the body of Christ. There's a lukewarmness. There, 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 there's these, you know, there, and to me that's even more annoying. I'd rather have a person that's passionate and has no experience than, than a person that has a life of experience and no passion. Amen? We can work with the passionate guy. We can say, listen, stop quoting scripture for every little thing. It's all right. Let Jesus shine. Let him shine. Let him shine. Amen? But, but when you have a full of experience and you have no passion and you have no desire, then there's just a coldness. There's just a, a lukewarmness. Martin Luther King Jr. said it this way. Lukewarm acceptance is more bewildering than outright rejection. In other words, rejecting the love of God is easier to understand than accepting it and not being passionate about it. Amen? Anybody awake? Listen to how Peter instructs us that we should do it. In 1 Peter 3.15, this is the coolest verse. Listen. He says, In your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. And then always be prepared to give an answer to everyone that asks you about the hope that you have. Isn't that awesome? So, and, and, and then it says, but do this with gentleness and respect. So listen really carefully what, what he's saying. First, set apart Christ as Lord in your heart. In other words, make it real with you. 
before you can, you know, make it real with you. It's got to be real with you. How many of you know you can't sell shoes you don't got? Amen? You can't sell a, a, a brand you don't wear. You can't talk about it. You can't really be convincing. You can't, you can't demonstrate it unless you're using it. Amen? So he says, first, make it real with you. And then next, be prepared to give an answer. Now, for you to give an answer, that means somebody got to ask the question, right? No? Is that how that works? Or does anybody go to people, hey, I got an answer for you? Waiting for somebody to give you the question? No. You, somebody has a question for you and you have the answer, right? So for you to give an answer, somebody has to have a question. What's the question? The question is, what is the reason for the hope that you have? Now, why would somebody ask you that question? Thank you, sweetie. Why would somebody ask you that question? Because your walk is speaking louder than your words. Come on, what, everybody fell asleep on me? Because your walk is talking more than your, your walk is talking more than your mouth. Amen? You're walking in a way, well, how does that happen? Well, it, my whole department got laid off. But, but you're not scared. Everybody else is cursing everybody and their mother out. And, and so they say, well, you know, what, how, how come you're not upset? And you say, oh, I'm upset. I'm not happy that I got laid off. But, but then how come you're not flipping? How come you don't want to go, go and, 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 you know, execute everybody on the floor, or kill your supervisor? Or how come? He said, how, how come? What is it? And you, oh, you, are you asking me what's the hope that I have inside? And then, and then, you know, I would even push it further. I said, do you really want to know? And then you got him. Here's the hope that I have inside. This boss is not my source. This supervisor doesn't, doesn't provide for me. This job doesn't give me everything I need. They don't even pay me enough. They don't even pay me what I'm worth. They, he's not my source. That's the hope that I have inside. Amen. Walk in a way, family, that makes people ask questions. Man, that's the best advice anybody could give a, a, a believer. Walk in a way that makes people ask questions. That is better than walking with a John 3.16 sign up and down the block. Walk in a way that makes people ask questions. See, if the light of the world is in me, then I shouldn't be trying to blind the person with a flashlight in their eyes, you know, in their face. I should just be leading the way and lighting the path so that they can walk in. Isn't that a lot more effective than, than putting a flashlight in somebody's face and say, What's wrong with you? You can't see? And, and, and they'll tell you, no, now I definitely can't. You know, no, I can't. Get the flashlight out of my face. Maybe I can see. Put it on the floor so that maybe I know where to walk. Amen? <clears throat> see, the light is both a tool and a weapon. And the body of Christ and all of his ministers, we have to learn when to use it in what manner. Because you can use the light in a wrong way at the wrong time. Anybody say amen? See, we're not called to be the pebble in someone's sandal that's always reminding them that it hurts when they walk this way. How many of you know the pebble will remind them enough? The pain, the hurt will remind them enough. Just be there as the one that they know they can come to to ask the question, why does it hurt so much when I walk? And, and be the one that says, when I walk, it doesn't hurt because I walk this way. Follow me this way. And now you take the light and you push it down and you say, follow me this way. Amen? Let's not, let's not be the pebble in somebody's sandals. 
We're called to walk in a way that they can follow. And now listen, I know there's some evangelist type people in here. You don't think, you know, the, you, you don't think this way. And, and listen, I'm not knocking you. If it works for you, you be you. Let me be me. Amen. That's why God made us all part of the body. Because some were called to be this and some were called to be this. And some were called. I'm just saying, don't fake it. And don't try to be something that you're not. Amen? If God, man, if, you're, if God is giving you that thing of evangelism, and that means He gives you the opportunities. He opens the doors. He presents you with places to be there and bam, bring it, bring it right out. Amen? But, but you, and you'll never be annoying. You'll be rejected because, yeah, that's, that's the bottom line. You will be rejected, but you'll always be right on time, always be in the will of God, never be annoying and, and giving a bad name to the rest of us that are trying to just live like God. Amen? Because all those lunatics, how many Christians we see on TV? There's a Christian in almost every show. Have you noticed lately? There's a Christian in almost every show. They're all lunatics. They're, I mean, rarely is there one Christian that represents us well. They're crazy. Are crazy, right? They're lunatics out their mind. One minute they're, they're, they're preaching, screeching, screeching, preaching, preaching, and the next minute they're sleeping around and saying, well, you know, and, but why? who writes these shows? It ain't the church. It's the world writing the shows. They're, show, they're just showing the way we act and the things we do. Come on, say amen. So, so listen, if that's you, be you. And, and you know, we're all a piece of this puzzle. Don't, don't think I'm trying to um, silence you or tell you not to do something. If God is showing you, if God has put that in you, you, you be that. Amen? I'm just saying I'd rather see it walked out than talked out any day. A sermon is better watched than listened to on any day. Amen? So, so the, the, the truth is, I don't talk to people about the Lord. I talk to people about life. And the Lord always comes up. And it just works better that way. I talk to people about life. People, man, we talk about the struggles. We talk about this. We talk about that. I tell you, eight times out of ten, it'll come to God. And, and I'll get an opportunity. Sometimes when it doesn't, I beat myself up sometimes and I go home feeling guilty. And, oh man, I should have, I should have forced it. And I have to think to myself, you know, wait, wait, wait. If that's, that wasn't the right time, then that wasn't, it wasn't it. See, nobody can come to God unless God calls them. Nobody can come to God unless God calls them. Now we don't know who God is calling, so it's our job to talk to people. But we don't know if that's the time, this is the hour, this is, so, so we just be who we are, amen. Walk in a way that makes people ask questions. Yeah. So the more I reread John and the more we go through it and grow through it together, the more I'm convinced that even people that call themselves Christians don't have an understanding of God and who the Word says He is. And so it encouraged me more and more to not preach messages like, you know, the three steps to a happy life or, or seven passages to prosperity. I just want to go book by book by book, preach the gospel and share the word. Amen? And so that's what we're going to do with this church, if that's all right with you. John starts this way. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. And I see that. 
Can you see that today? That the light is shining, but the darkness does not understand it. Don't you see that all around you today? All I hear from people today is, listen, I believe my way. People could believe their way. In the end, God will work it all out. How many of you heard that? In the end, God will... Listen, I don't know about you, but in the end, there's a kind of a last minute time to find out if I got it right. I don't want to find out in the end if I was right. I want my family to know now that this is the right way. I want my friends to know now that they're walking in the right way. I want all of you to know now that you're doing what God wants you to do. I don't want you to find out in the end if it was right or wrong. In the end, it's too late. Let him in. Listen, there are dozens of organized religions, thousands of groups within these groups, and the political buzzword in our society today is tolerance. How many of you heard tolerance? We have to be tolerant. We have to all get along. And, and you know, there, there's a, a growing interfaith movement. Have you heard of this? There's an interfaith movement. And, and what it is, is people of different faiths come together. They put all our, our logos together. They put the cross and the Star of David and Islam and, and, and uh, um, all the other, you know, they put them together and they say it's an interfaith where we can all come together and worship. And they make it sound so godly, don't it? Doesn't it sound like a good thing? Doesn't it sound like a right thing when all we can all come together and, and worship? Amen? It sounds so nice. And, and Christians are jumping into that mix. All of our well-known preachers that I like, and they're all in this mix. They're meeting with all these people, and they say, we can come together, we can pray together. And, but listen, listen. Look at any Old Testament story where God's people allowed interfaith people to come in. Look at any Old Testament, anyone, pick one. Any Old Testament story, God's people got together with the land and the, the people's gods of that land and they allowed things to, to worship together. It didn't go well. It didn't go well. God says, I don't play that. I'm not a God that you put on a shelf with another God. I'm not a God that you can put and, and, and put another statue. Don't put a candle to some other guy when I'm here. Me or take all of them. Amen? It never worked out well. God doesn't tolerate this interfaith nonsense. And I can, I can say that with boldness just reading all the stories of God's people. Deuteronomy 6.4 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God, the only God. God said, don't put me in a, in, a, in a kaleidoscope of religions and faith. I don't play that. Listen, family, it's so easy to believe that God is so good that in the end, He's just going to accept everyone. Anybody heard that preached? In the end, God's just going to take everybody. What's missing from that thought process is that God is so holy, He can't accept everybody. See, if God didn't tolerate there being Asherah poles and, and foreign altars to Baal and other gods in His temple or among His people back then, I'm pretty positive He's not willing to tolerate that nonsense today. Amen? 
So we need to worship God the way he says to worship him. Anybody with me? I'm going to stick to the word of God that has been handed down from generation to generation. I'm going to study it and I'm going to try to do what it says. And guess what? If Muhammad ain't in it, he has nothing to say to me. And if Buddha ain't in it, he has nothing I need to hear. If the Dalai Lama ain't in it, I got nothing to say to him either. And listen, listen my Hispanics, if it doesn't tell me to light candles and pray to the saints, I ain't lighting and I ain't praying. If it doesn't, listen my Catholic brothers, if it doesn't tell me to pray to Mary, she ain't hearing jack from me. Amen? If it tells me that Jesus is the only way, then that's the way I'm heading. Praise God, somebody. Listen, everybody has the right to believe in what they want to believe in. And I totally accept that. Everyone does have freedom of religion. You can believe whatever you like. Yeah. But if you've read the word of God, if you've even only read the book of John, then you know Jesus says in 14.6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Do I have any biblical scholars that can break down what no one means in the Hebrew, Greek, or Aramaic? Right? No one comes to the Father except it means nadie, nunca, nilch, nobody. Amen? Nobody. He doesn't say I'm one of the ways. He doesn't say I'm some of the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the light. Take it or leave it. Listen, when I worked in corporate, I had two guys that worked with me. And I love these guys. They were great brothers. They were Jehovah Witnesses. And so it, it, it never failed. They, they'd study and read up and then come to me. And they'd come and they'd show me a scripture that seemingly supported what they believed. And so I'd take them to another scripture that contradicted totally what they believed. And so, you know, we, they, and, and when they got frustrated, you know, we go back and forth. And when they got frustrated, I tell them, okay, listen, the only way that we can believe that is if we take this part out. So let's rip both these parts out of the Bible and move on. And they flip out. No, no, you can't rip nothing out of the Bible. I said, this and this don't go. So let's take this out and let's move on. Then we don't have an argument anymore. No, no, no. So they go back. <clears throat> they'd bring me another scripture and I'd take them to another scripture and I'd say listen if the only way we could believe that is if we take this part out because if this is in here I can't believe that so let's just rip this out of the Bible too and keep it moving no we can't do that oh my god we can't you know that's that's a blasphemy ripping the Bible we can't take that out I'll say okay and so these times would always end with me saying this was every week I had so much fun with those guys I would tell him, it always ends with me saying, if we're going to live by any part of this word, then we have to accept the whole word. The whole word. Amen? You know, it, it puzzles me and it, I don't know how people I think. I understand it because I'm human and I understand, you know, we, 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 uh, we rationalize things and we, we make it all right. Amen? But we know like things that we shouldn't be doing and we do it. And we know that we shouldn't be doing, but we do it. And we make a lifestyle of things that we shouldn't be doing, but we do it. And we just rationalize it and say, you know, but, and, 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 and church, listen, 
if we're going to live by one part of it, live, you got to have the whole word of it. Amen? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm glad. Listen, some of you are trying. Some of you are pressing on. Amen. None of us in here are perfect. I don't ever, I, you know, I never come up here and tell you I got it all together. I never, you know, never, never would I tell you that. Anybody that tells you that is a thief and a liar. Amen? We struggle, we fall, we get up, we press on. Like the song said this morning, so what if I'm not worthy? He's made me clean. Amen? But that's really, listen, this is really the heart and goal of my entire message to you this morning. There is nothing casual about being a Christian. And this is what I want to deal with. There's nothing casual about being a Christian. Listen, our casualness consistently causes costly casualties. I'm glad one person got excited about that. Charles Spurgeon once said, Someone asked... Will the heathen who have never heard the gospel be saved? And Charles Spurgeon said, It is more a question to me whether we who have the gospel and fail to give it to those who have not can be saved. Casual Christianity is like having the very best flashlight. Short one battery. You got to get this picture. You can have the very best, it costs for three batteries, you can have the very best two batteries in there. I'm talking copper top, energizer, bunny, whatever, you know, lithium, whatever. The best two batteries in that flashlight, it's not going to work. Amen? Because listen, you have to fill all the empty space in order for it to make contact. Come on, somebody didn't get this side, it's dead here. You, listen, listen, listen. You have to fill all the empty space in order for it to make contact. You, you, you got me? See, we could be empty and we come to church for a quick fix on Sunday. I had a hard week, it's been a rough time, I, I'm struggling financially, I need prayer, I need something. And so you come and you get that, you, you come here and you plug into the search strip trying to recharge the batteries but how many of you have a, have a battery recharger you know that unless the full set is in there it doesn't recharge does anybody know what I'm talking about if, if the full set is not in there it doesn't recharge so what happens when you leave here Sunday soon as you unplug and step out of those doors you're empty again there's still empty space there's the best of two batteries dancing around in your flashlight but it ain't making no contact and it ain't giving you no power amen you got to fill the whole space. Listen, too many people think they're Christians because they got the free flashlight when they said the prayer. But when they're called upon to shine, they realize they have no power. Is that good, D? We got the free flashlight that says the name of the church and everything. Yeah, I said the prayer. I went up. Hallelujah. But when they're called upon to shine, when things get rough, when things get hard, when they find themselves in the dark, when they find themselves in the darkness of temptation, <clears throat> when they find themselves surrounded by tailor-made temptations that the enemy surrounds the, each and every one of us with, they go to use the flashlight and it's got no juice because they never filled it with the Word. They never filled it. They never fully committed. Amen? 
That space has to be totally full. Acts 4.10 says, it is by the name of Jesus. Let me give you the missing battery that some of you are missing. It is by the name of Jesus Christ. Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to men by which they may be saved. If that doesn't make you throw all your santos away, if that doesn't make you, if that doesn't make you stop reading your horoscopes, if that doesn't make you, you know, good, then, then you're just in the wrong place. You, you're, not, you're not loving God at all. He says there is no other name given which, which you can be saved by. Which means what? If you don't have that name, you're not. It's harsh, right? It's cold. But if you don't have that name, you can't have salvation. You got to believe the whole of the word. Somebody say amen. A famous minister once told his congregation, as long as there are millions destitute of the word of God and of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, it will be impossible for me to devote time and energy to those of you who have both. Oh man, I thought that was good. As long as there are millions destitute of the word of God and the knowledge of Christ, it is impossible for me to spend time and devote energy to those of you that have both. All right, we're up to John chapter 9. And in our journey through this book, in John chapter 9, there's a quick story about a man born blind. And Jesus comes across this man while the Jews ignored him and the disciples were busy trying to figure out who sinned that made him born blind. Jesus acted on it. Isn't that like some of us sometimes? Instead of actually doing something for somebody, we just want to gossip about how jacked up they are. Come on, you've done it. I've heard you. <laughs> Tell your friend, don't play yourself. So Jesus says... Neither this man or his parents sinned, but this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. Listen, sometimes we're born blind so that the work of God might be displayed in our life. Hold on to that. Jesus says, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day, because the night is coming when no one can work. And as long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. And so what did he do? He spits on the ground. My mouth is too dry, I can't spit. He spits on the ground and he makes clay with dirt and saliva and he puts it on the man's eyes and he tells him, go and wash in the pool of Siloam. Your Bible tells you that Siloam means scent. So he, he gave him, a, he tested him with something and he sent him. Look at the uniqueness of this miracle. Jesus took all the initiative. This man never came to Jesus. He never asked to be healed. Jesus came to him. Still, Jesus expected the blind man to respond in faith. The man took Jesus for his word. He did what he told him to do. And he came back seeing. Now, did you hear this? A man that was born blind... He obeyed God and came back seeing. Listen, some of you here today, you've been sent. And the reason you're still doubting, the reason you're still stumbling around in casual Christianity is because you haven't gone where He told you to go. You haven't done what He told you to do. And you haven't come back to where you first met Him. 
I didn't expect too many amens with that, so it's all right. Now, of course, this miracle started a whole controversy here among the Jews. Because, of course, Jesus healed the man on the Sabbath. Jesus always picked the Sabbath to heal people. Because he knew it was going to ruffle the religious people's feathers. Jesus will show up today, I'm convinced, at a church that's like high church where everybody's suited. He'd show up in jeans and a t-shirt, I'm convinced of it. Just to ruffle the feathers. Just to say, is it the suit that matters here or is it my heart? Amen? I'm convinced of it. He'd show up the opposite of what everybody's doing there just so people could talk about it. Just so people, just to see if people would get past what's on the outside and focus on what's on the inside. Amen? So all the religious Jews, they were going nuts. They brought him in for questioning, the blind guy that can now see. And and they didn't even believe that he was the same man (coughs) that they knew that was always sitting there born blind begging. So they brought his parents in. And the parents said, yeah, that's our son. He was born blind. And, and we don't know anything else, so talk to him. Because they didn't want trouble. They have already decided that anybody that, that confesses Jesus is going to be excommunicated from the synagogue. And so they said, talk to him. He's of age. And so they brought him in again and they questioned him again. And they're badgering this guy. They're giving him a hard time. And finally they tell him this. Come on, give God the glory. We know this man Jesus is a sinner. And the man replies... Whether he's a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I know, I was blind, and now I see. Come on, that's got to be something. Listen, if you don't have any other testimony, if you don't have any other story, you can at least say, listen, I don't know nothing about theology. I don't know nothing about this or about that. All I know is that I was blind, and now I see. All I know is that I was hurting and now I have peace. I was depressed, now I have joy. I was dead and now I'm alive. Amen? <clears throat> By the end of this questioning, he is thrown out. He's excommunicated from the synagogue. He got kicked out. You can't come back in once the religious Jews kick you out. As soon, listen to this, this is just like God. As soon as he's rejected by the religious community, Jesus comes and finds him again. And he calls him into a deeper relationship with him. He asks him to fully believe. And the word says that the man came to faith and worshipped him. This is one of the instances where Jesus receives worship. Which means that Jesus thinks he's God. Because nobody but God can receive worship. All throughout the word, the angels, everybody, whenever somebody worshiped them, they say, whoa, 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 stop, you can't, we can't receive worship. Worship can only go to God. Here, Jesus receives worship, meaning Jesus is Lord, meaning that Jesus is God. And so the, the beauty of this is how God deals with people differently, church. That's why it's so important as a body of faith that we don't judge or expect it to be the same with others as it was with us. Some of us go through these stages differently. Some of us, it takes longer. Some of us, it takes shorter time. Some of us skip stages, amen? But listen, whatever stage you're in today, family, you could be here today because God sent you. And if that's where you are, I want you to respond, man. I want you to come. You could be at the place where people are talking about you because of your faith. Because, because you were sent and you went and you're different now. Is there any people like that in here today? 
You're different now. And, and the people around you don't understand it. The, your friends, your old friends don't understand it. They're still saying, yo, when are we getting together and just go get lifted? Yo, when are we going to go smoke some trees? And you're like, I don't do trees anymore. I'm planted by the tree of life, man. I, I, don't, I don't get high. There's no high no more for me. I'm always high. Amen? And, and so you could be there and, and you, you, know, you see things differently now than you did before. And sometimes people around you are not going to like that. Amen? They liked you better when you were blind than you needed them for help. Listen, man, somebody, some people don't see this, but when you were blind, you were leaning on all your friends for help. And so it's the blind leading the blind, but at least you was leading them together. At least you were together. So when you broke out of that pact, then you say, no, no, I see now. They say, what's wrong with you? You think you better than us? You think you, think you can hang out with us no more? You a church boy now? You holy? You got God? You can't? He said, no, all I know is that I was blind, but now I see. <laughs> that, that's all I know. I don't think I'm better. I don't think, all I know is that I was blind, but now I can see. And, and in seeing, I see things differently now. I say, that's a stupid way to live. <laughs> I don't want to live stupid no more. Listen, you could be at a place today where God is calling you to a deeper commitment, a deeper belief, man. God is wanting you to run on full power. And I encourage you, before you leave today to press in. Young people, I encourage you to press in. <clears throat> you might be at a place where you just want to respond and believe and worship Him. Can a worship team come up here? Come on. You might be at a place where you just want to respond, man. You just want to believe. You just want to worship Him. I want to do again, so what if I'm not worthy? Because I don't think some people got that the first time around. I don't think they understood that. See, the whole, but the whole of the matter today is that we need to keep it moving. We need to walk it out. We need to do what God is calling us to do. There is no time. There's no room here for casual Christians. My motto is go hard or go home. Amen? Go hard or go home. I don't want numbers. I want the power of God. I don't care how many show up. I want the power of God. Amen? I don't... Hey, some people come to church, you think you're blessing me by coming. Some of you come in with that attitude. You stroll in at, you know, 20 minutes after the word started. And I understand some of you work and some of so I'm not picking on you. But I, I'm saying the people with this attitude. You come in like you blessing me. Yo, Pastor, I'm here. What's up? Oh, thank you. I'm at peace now because you walked in. Thank you. The joy of the Lord can move now because you're here. You know, now, there's a casualness to our Christianity. It's a lukewarmness, man. We got to be here before this thing starts, man. We got to be here. I want to be here to hear the worship team practice. I want to be here when they're tuning their instruments because it'll give me time to tune my instruments. Come on. It gives me time to, to, to focus like they're focusing, trying to get the songs right, trying to get the instruments right. That's your time to come here and, and try to get yourself right, try to get your mind right, try to get things worked out that you haven't worked out yet. Here's where you can find the peace of God to work it out. You don't want to stroll in an hour and a half late. 
Why? Stay home and watch Joel Osteen. Be blessed. Go hard or go home. Amen. The whole of the matter is this. Keep it moving. Listen, John 9 paints this picture of how God deals with us. Listen to this real quick. We're all spiritually blind from birth. Jesus take the initiative in healing us from blindness. It says, while we were yet sinners, he died. Jesus does a work of creation in us. See, the man was born blind, which means it's a possibility he didn't have eyes. Or he definitely didn't have something in there that he needed to see. So he does a work of creation, not reformation. He doesn't spank us to get our behavior better. He recreates. The word says we're a new creation in Christ. I don't get that. Then Jesus tells us to be washed. And in this work, he calls us to be obedient to what he commands. Then all of a sudden, we become a mystery to those that knew us. Because it, it, we don't even, it doesn't even seem like we're the same person. Somebody say amen. And then we display loyalty to Jesus when we're persecuted boldly and plainly testifying of his work in our lives. We say, I don't know nothing. I was blind, but now I see. And then, and then we pass from little knowledge to greater knowledge. And this brings us to greater adoration and to greater worship. Church, I'm glad, I'm glad you came today, whether it's your first time or your 400th time. But I want to let you know, in this machine, there is no casual setting. It's either you're, you're off or you're on. And on means you're moving, you're agitating, you're shaking. Means you're going, you're washing, you're rinsing. Amen? Off means you're dead. Somebody brought you here in, in, in hopes that you wake up. In hopes that your eyes would be open. There's no casual setting. Christianity is hardcore. Christ died so that we can live. How can we be casual about that? Christ died so we can live. How can we be casual about that? Now listen to me. Let's all stand for a moment. You might say, listen man, that's all well and good for the Christians. That's all well and good for people that are part of this church. That's all well and good for those that got their stuff worked out. For those that got, but I still got issues. I still, I still mess up. I still let out, I still drop an F-bomb every once in a while. I still get high once in a while. I still, I still get loaded once in a while. I still hang with the wrong people once in a while. I'm still in a relationship where I'm doing things I shouldn't be doing. And God is saying, listen man, just it's time to walk it out. Even you, even you. The song says, so what if I'm not worthy? Understand that each and every one of us here is not worthy. Even the one that's been married and, and hasn't cheated on his wife and treats his kids right and, and goes to work and doesn't steal and doesn't rob. Even that guy is not worthy. Not even that guy. Even that lady who's, who's 80 years old and you think, you know, how can somebody at that age uh, uh, be sinning? Well, even that person is not worthy. Amen? So if you're not worthy, would you just join the unworthy in worship today? Go ahead, guys. Let's join the unworthy in worship today.
senseless burning Welcome home to the sanctuary, a place of rest for the broken and weary, where you can let go, cause you're fully known by forever, Daddy. Oh, how we love you so. Thank you for supporting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We are a new and growing church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying God, serving people, and building healthy families. We pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. God bless. Just so we may know that he loves us.